everybody, Brian Davis here. It's a bye week, but it is still Longhorn Confidential time. Here with Sed and Danny Davis as we talk about where the Horns are here with a 4-3 and three record going into the off week. And guys, whew, I need a break after those last two games. Double-digit leads in the third quarter that just withered away into losses. What's wrong with these Horns, Sed? I don't know, but when, whenever that checkered flag comes up, they just seem to not be able to get to the finish line. And I don't, I, you know, I wonder if it's systemic. Uh, they've been in a lot of close games over the last few years, but for some reason uh, they haven't gotten it done, uh, even though they've, they've pretty much dominated elite competition, a couple of top 12 teams. So, you know, Steve Sarkeesian says he can fix this, and I believe he can. But man, he's got to be so frustrated. They they were they were a couple of good halves away from going into the bye week as a one loss team, as a what six and uh, five and one, whatever, whatever it would have been six, six and, and one. one, six, six and, one. and one instead of four and three, and they could have been right there in the mix with the Big Twelve uh, lead. So. He's got to be really frustrated with what he's gotten in the second halves of these last two games. Danny, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's the $6 million or whatever Steve makes question. Um, <laughs> this this is not nothing new. I mean, this is what plagued Tom Herman his entire tenure was losing these close games and having these, uh, you know, kind of baffling losses. But, you know, I these last two weeks, it's just been really tough to tell, you know, whether that's, you know, leadership in the fourth quarter, whether that's stamina and them just wearing down. Obviously, you know, the offense couldn't, you know, you know, move to they moved the entire yard in the fourth quarter while the Oklahoma State running back had like a 115 by himself. So, I mean, there's not one exact thing, but it, it has been pretty baffling to see how this team has played in the first half, maybe a little bit in the third quarter, as opposed to the fourth quarter. Those have been just night and day and you're, you're right, Seth. If, if those Oklahoma and Oklahoma State losses, we may not have me do this podcast right now because we'd be busy booking our tickets for the college football playoff and getting ready for a long playoff run covering this team. But, you know, no one knows where this team's heading right now. I don't think, even think the Longhorns know where they're heading right now. No, I mean, and, and I think that what you guys hit on and what we've seen the last two weeks is why this fan base, um, there's apathy, there's, uh, there's still anger, uh, but there's a lot of disengagement going on, too. I mean, at least that that was the tone from uh, the emails that I got is that people felt like, OK, season over, you know, check back in, you know, in 2022. And it's because we've all seen this show before. Right. And that this is not a Steve Sarkeesian issue, although he is now the head coach and now responsible for it. But how many times year after year have we seen Texas give away winnable games like this? And people say, well, this it must be systemic, right? Steve Sarkeesian didn't obviously become a terrible coach the last two weeks, uh, but clearly something is in the water here that um, that they have a hard time at winning time. It's it's not it's not one of those things where it's going to happen overnight. That's the thing about the Texas fan base; they want it all right now. Brand new socks mm-hmm. and draws; they want it all, and it, they're not getting it all. Overnight, you bring in a guy to, to, to right the ship and to get them to special places, and then you're 
you're mad because you're not seven and oh, I mean, not everybody can be UT San Antonio. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh here's the thing, man. I, I'm I'm gonna take the patient approach, and I think Sarkeesian's the right guy. I think he's got to figure out why it's not happening. I think he's got to get bigger and better in the trenches because that's where that's money time in the third and the fourth quarter. Big guys who who are athletic are, are going to dominate those those times of the game because they're bigger and better. And I don't know that he has those guys really disappointed in that front four. I'll let Danny take it from here. I really thought that defensive front four would would really lead this charge and be a lot better than it's been, and uh, that just hasn't happened. Yeah, you know, it's hard to preach patience. This is not a patient society. Um, I mean, I'm getting impatient thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. I can't imagine what you were doing if you were having a, a football team to root for, but the fact of the matter is, you know, this team needs to, you know, we're, we're not really going to be able to judge whether Steve's the right coach for this job or if this program's heading the right direction for a couple of recruiting classes until, you know, you can build some depth in the trenches on the defensive line because teams have been running all over this team the last couple of weeks. You're not going to be able to judge this team until you see how does Kyle Flood, how does Steve Sarkeesian recruit offensive linemen, and what does this offensive line look like in a couple of years once those guys are developed and who they want is in here. I mean, Texas had a six-year senior who'd never started before starting this past weekend, and that's, you know, it's a, heart, it's a heartwarming story, and, you know, everyone likes Tope, and, you know, seems like a great guy, smart guy, getting 26 degrees while he's here, but, you know, that's not winning football. There's a reason, you know, a six-year senior doesn't make his first start all the time, so yeah, they're going to need to build those lines, recruit. And unfortunately for Texas fans, you know, that may take a couple of years before the fruits of those that labor is actually you're able to see that. And once again, it's not easy to be, easy to be patient, but everyone's going to have to be. Let's let's hit some housekeeping items real quick. Uh, uh, Sark again confirmed that DeMarvion Overshone is basically in the concussion uh, protocol after uh, being whisked, whisked away uh, for the last three quarters. Uh, Saturday. Keaton Crawford was a name that popped up on the injury report today, I think with an undisclosed injury, but he's someone who's day-to-day right now. Sure. And, and then he indicated that uh, guys like Jordan Winnington, Clavicle, uh, Jacoby Jones' foot are guys who are, quote, going to need surgery and are likely going to be out. And, and we, we figured Winnington would be out the rest of the season. We figured that last week as well. But it's interesting to get a kind of a time peg on Jacoby Jones. But basically, uh, it's an off week around here. The Horns did not practice today. They normally practice inside Royal Memorial uh, before we have the Steve Sarkeesian press conference. They were off today. They're going to practice the next three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, and, you know, said, I, I just kind of throw this to you again. I, I just I just feel like that uh, this team's problem is they need to be coached up between the ears, you know, I mean, when you have the kind of leads that you have against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, um, it's it's clearly not a physical issue, right? It, it's simp- but for Sark to come to post game on Saturday and say we are not doing things the same at the end as we were at the start, you know, clearly that that is a mental execution type of breakdown. Gotta stop looking at the scoreboard. I, I use a boxing analogy. If you hurt a guy in a boxing match and then you don't knock him out, but at the beginning of the next round, you don't, you don't look at the fact that you hurt him. You, you go back and you, you start back over at what led you to hurt him. Start back from square one. 
pretend it's zero zero on that scoreboard and 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 start over because if you're looking at the scoreboard and and you're you're up 28-7 against OU uh, what you should be looking looking at is the fact that it's the second quarter and there's a lot of football to be played imagine it's zero zero you have to shift your mentality because no one lands a knockout blow in the first half unless it's like 40 to nothing and so um I think Casey Thompson is well aware of that. He mentioned it. B. John Robinson said, can't look at the scoreboard uh, because, because that hasn't helped them. And the next time they get up on a team and they're way talented enough to get up on a team like Baylor by double digits, that's when Sark needs to go, look, this ish can't happen again. We have to put our feet. on her throat and and place and because they're just not good enough to be complacent they are not good enough to to cruise to the end of the finish line they have to stay on point we're a little bit on danny's a little bit on time for time today so danny what's your final thought here i I will quickly say i I don't believe that it's all mental i believe some of it's physical and you know it would be mental if you know, they came out and had four turnovers in the fourth quarter where just, you know, Casey was sailing every pass or they were just making dumb mistakes. But once again, they had one yard of offense in that fourth quarter and Oklahoma State ran all over them. Kennedy Brooks ran all over them. I, I mean, I think some of it is they're kind of wearing down and there have been some, you know, kind of questionable coaching moves. You know, it was, I was a little curious that, uh, you know, Bijan didn't get the ball those last three, three downs on that uh you know, crucial turnover on downs uh, play at the end of the Oklahoma State game before the pick drive. So, I mean, they're, it's a little bit – I think it's a whole mental, it's physical. There are a lot of things to address um, during this bye week. And luckily, uh, Josh Thompson said he hates bye weeks, but he even he conceded in the postgame presser that they need it to kind of reset and kind of figure their stuff out before before they head up to Waco in a couple of weeks. Danny's, Danny's going to jump off here, I, I think, but said we're going to hang on here. Uh, with me and you, 11 a.m. kickoff at Baylor. Um, fifth, I believe it's the fifth week in a row said that, that Texas is going to play at 11 a.m. Uh, look, mediocre teams get bad TV slots. That's all there is to it. And, and that's, what, that's what Texas is right now. When you're, when you're an average team, you get, you get terrible TV slots. So what do you think needs to happen in the last five games? Um, we, we know that Casey Thompson is probably going to be the starter the rest of the way. He said today he's earned, that, Hudson, that. He's earned, he's earned that he said Hudson card. They'll look for ways and, and HUD, HUD will be ready, but basically it's going to be the Casey Thompson show. Um, so what in your mind is, is, uh, is progress right now? Because let's be honest. I mean, a lot of people are looking at this thinking, you know, this is just a glide path to the Texas bowl. Progress can only be measured in wins and losses. The rest is crap. No one, no one wants to, to hear that. Oh, oh, our bench press, our team bench press has gone up, or, or we're faster, we're leaner. We've <clears throat> we've heard all of that before, right? We want to see results on the scoreboard. It's a results based business. It's a meritocracy. If you're not winning, then the, then the the fans are not going to be engaged. They're going to complain. They've blown up your inbox. They blew up my inbox this weekend. They're angry. They're angry because the wins aren't coming. And it's one thing to be getting blown out in these games. It's quite another to give away big leads. And 
giving away big leads is more is like torture because when you're up big, that hope creeps in and you're like, okay, yep. this is where this is why we hired start. This is why it's gonna work out. And then you give away those leads, and then all of a sudden you get kicked in the gut and you go right back to how you felt under the previous regime. So for me, I I think the only way to measure it is wins and losses. They are just as good. They are quite capable of running the table on paper. Are they mentally ready to do that? I don't know, but um, they're as talented or more talented than Baylor. They're as talented or more talented than Iowa state. They're as talented or more talented than the Kansas teams. They're as talented or more talented than West Virginia but you still got to prove it on the field BD. And if you're not proving it on the field, then what I just said, is just a, a bunch of Lottie dot doesn't matter. I like Lottie dot. I think, I think one of the, one of the most shocking things that I saw over the weekend actually wasn't at the, the game. It was Sunday when, uh, when this week's lines came out, Texas should have beaten Oklahoma state. Okay. Oklahoma state starts the week as a six point dog at at Iowa State. Now you're telling me that the team that just that just came back from this is a six point dog in the road against a, a middling Iowa State team. I mean, come on. If that doesn't tell you that Vegas thinks that Texas should have put this game away, I don't know what does, right? But still, um, we've talked we've talked ad nauseum about about they need more linemen. There's no question about that. But they have enough to be competitive in every one of these games, and we've seen that. It's Talent. a matter. It's they have enough. It's a matter of what is going on between the ears. And to me, that is without question going to be the main focus of the narrative uh, the rest of the way. Because they cannot become a championship-level program until they get over this mental hump that, has, that is holding them back. It's held this program back for a decade. Yeah, and, and only once have they started 6-1 and one, um, after seven games since 2009 when they ran the table before they lost to Alabama in the championship game. Mediocrity is the flavor, and it's not the flavor of the day. It's not the flavor of the week. It's the flavor of the decade. That's a long time to be mediocre, and they've been mediocre. Even their greatest triumph, the Sugar Bowl win under Tom in his second year, that was a four-loss team. Let's not get it twisted. That, that team wasn't a world beater. But but they beat Georgia and they gave the they team they gave the, they gave hope to the masses and and they have they haven't approached that level again so so for me I just I just think that uh, like you said it's going to be a mental block they have to overcome it's between the years of this locker room and it might be between the years of this coaching staff we're going to find out over these next five weeks and you referenced it earlier and we can't let this go without without some sort of hat tip to the fighting Jeff trailers in San Antonio, the UT San Antonio Roadrunners are 25th in the country. They are undefeated said, when are you going to the Alamo dome to watch the Roadrunners play? If they were, if they weren't playing in law tech this weekend, I'd be going to the dome. That would be a great time, but I'm calling, I'm calling up coach trailer and I'm going to talk to him and a couple of his players this week. I got to get permission from Kirk Bowles. I don't know if he's already (laughs) thrown his name in that hat, but, um, uh, that's 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 the plan. I'm I'm writing a bi-week column on UTSA because that's something special going on with my fellow East Texan, Jeff Absolutely. Trailer, who, by the way, was uh, was taught in elementary school by this beautiful woman named Francetta Shelton. 
uh, who's pa- who passed on in 2015. Francetta Shelton is my mother-in-law. She wow! How about that? Yeah, super small world. What what is what is trailer's thing on uh, on the Twitter? It's the tri- it's triangle of toughness. Isn't that what he's hashtag triangle of toughness? Isn't that his thing? Beast I'm Texas. I'm mad at him. He's bring a beast. Texas is in effect. Beast and Texas. UTSA. SA. He's bringing Absolutely. it. He's bringing Absolutely. it. Hat, hat tip to the fighting trailers. And also real quick before we get out of here today, said it just came out that the men's basketball top 25 is out. Your Texas Longhorns fans, number five in the country. Last time we saw them was Abilene Christian. Woof. Now they are number five in the country. What do you think about that, said? Is Texas a legit top five team? I don't know any of the players. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> figure out who. I gotta figure out who just moved into town this past week. There's a lot. Of, there's is, a lot of new players. That no portal is is forever, man. So I got, I gotta do some research. I know they have a top five coach. We'll see if they have a top five players. Absolutely. Well, we're gonna take a top five bye week. I can tell you that. Uh, Longhorn Confidential will most likely not be here on Thursday because of the bye week, but we will be back next week. And on it, second it, thought, we'll be. That's right. Give us plug us plug a little on second thought. He got this week, said. Probably going to be you, Brian, because no one wants to talk to us right now. <laughs> Probably going to be you on, on Second Thought. I can't I'll have wait. to check with the duck. We drop on Thursday. We're playing on publishing this week. There you go. Okay. Well, remember, you can read all of this at hook'em.com, part of your subscription with the Austin American Statesman. So for said, I'm Brian, and for Danny and Kirk, we'll talk to you next time.